welcome back to the different podcast. It's been a while and things have definitely changed. In our first episode back in 2020, Rachel sits down with Randall, Jay and Andrew to talk about launching a health tech service in the times of a pandemic. And this is really exciting because this happened incredibly quickly. Enjoy. First of all, just kick things off and ask you guys to introduce yourself and your role on this. So Rand, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so my name's Randall Whitmore. I am the product manager for the home test ordering service for coronavirus. Brilliant, thanks. Um, Andrew? My name's Andrew Larkham. I'm the technical delivery lead for the uh, COVID-19 home testing service. And Jay? Yeah, hi, I'm Jay Hill, uh, and I was the service designer working with both Andrew and Randall on the home testing. Okay, brilliant. Uh, nice to uh, nice to chat to you guys. So, um, could one of you just lead us through um, what the uh, what the problem was that you were trying to solve? Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, so uh, the so we were brought in by NHSX to help them solve a problem at the peak of the COVID nineteen crisis, which was uh, to do with reducing the impact on uh, key workers and central workers uh, across the NHS and other organisations. So the outcome that we defined early on within the project was that we were looking to enable key workers who are in isolation uh, to return to the front line following negative COVID-19 test results for either themselves or members of their household. Uh, and the actual real impact or the real problem at the time was that Roughly, I think it was 30 or 40% of some NHS organisations uh, had workforce that were in a state of isolation with unconfirmed coronavirus symptoms at the time. And the real life impact of that, so uh, with my mother being a healthcare assistant, she can treat something around 20 patients on a shift. So the real life impact of that could be that those 20 patients for an individual don't get care for a particular evening and if, if that's uh, or, or a day shift. And if that's a COVID patient as well, the risk is even higher. So when you scale that to 30 or 40% of your overall workforce, that's a, that's a big number of people that could go untreated. And the service we were looking to create, which is the home test ordering service, was there to reduce that impact and help get people back to the front line if they had confirmed that they were, uh, if the, the test result came back negative through themselves or their households and it was safe for them to return to work as well. Okay, so that, just that back a little bit in way of timeline then, Randall. So the whole COVID situation kicked off from a UK perspective, um, middle of March, uh, early March? Yeah, yeah, about around the 20th, wasn't it? Okay, and, and when, did, uh, when did you guys uh, drop into NHSX? 18th of March. Is that a date that's tattooed on you now, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and in way of the team, when you guys landed, uh, how big was the team? What did you drop into? I think, uh, I think when we all started, I think it was first day, it was, it was myself and Andrew, I think. Um, then I think Randall joined the next day. 
And then I believe, I think that... Just having a rest, Jay. He was waiting for the, uh, waiting for the thing to really ramp up. Yeah, I know. He was, yeah. I was definitely there on the first day, Jay. <laughs> Doesn't sound like you're memorable on, the, on day one, Randall. I know. Um, then I, I think, um, and it was Ben, wasn't it? Obviously, Ben Charles from NHSX um, yeah. was the first person we was introduced to. And I believe it was possibly um, Amazon, wasn't it? The next people joined the, the team. Yeah, so I think we landed on the sort of Wednesday or Thursday, and the Amazon boys landed on Friday. Um, yeah, and they were essentially the the, the guys who were who were doing the, the build. They were kind of a dev team, if you like. And you guys had you individually worked with Amazon before, or was that uh, new territory? Not worked with, new for me. Yeah. yeah, not not worked with um with AWS professional services before. No. Okay, um, so it was a relatively small team then, so three from different and AWS at the outset, working with Ben Showers um, as the, and Ben was the SRO? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Um, and um, what was the, um, what was the outcome that you were aiming to, uh, aiming to get to? Can you talk a little bit about the outcome and the timeline that you were working to? So we were asked to, um, uh, th so the outcome was basically to get key workers back to the front line as, as quickly as possible. So at the, at, when we started, um, they're in a situation that if you were a key worker and you were uh, with someone who was symptomatic in your household, you'd have to be off work for up to 14 days um, because these home test kits weren't available. So our aim was to get test kits out to these key workers with the aim of getting them back to work um, as well get back to work faster basically so rather than having to take 14 days off they could potentially get to work a bit, a bit faster um, and alleviate some of the strain on the NHS. Okay. But that actually had quite an unusual sort of impact in the delivery in that you, you know you get this in um, private sector quite a lot where time to market is, is for a service is quite key because you've got competitive pressures um, that's probably something they're not necessarily used to in, um, in the NHS. Um, so we had that kind of real, um, we, you know, we had to do something that wasn't necessarily perfect first, first time round, but it was something that we could, we get some workers back to work initially and then iterate and build on the service. And that's a really interesting point, Andrew, because that kind of motivation uh, and the timeline around, you know, potentially bringing services to market in the private sector, um, you know, that's a competition led timeline. Um, but, you know, in a, in a pandemic and in a world crisis um, that certainly I've never been through before, and uh, I expect I'm, I'm not alone, and I sincerely hope we never go through um, again. But, but in way of that, how did you guys kind of approach that personally? So, you know, you're all individuals with families and people who, you know, may or may not be affected directly by COVID. Um, so, I did, you know, did that dial up the pressure a little bit? I think uh, definitely for, for my part, I mean, you know, um, I have a family, I have three, three children uh, who, you know, overnight then they're, they're not going to school. And my eldest son is high risk. He has uh, high complex health issues. So I think with everything going on, I think it, it did feel like there's a lot of pressure on to try and deliver something quickly, uh, but also trying to you know, manage the household situation. So 
I think for my part, I don't know about the other, the other gents, but um, you know, for me at the beginning, it was really quite tough to try and balance it all. And and you know, with the remit was given, I think it was um, directly from Simon Eccles to get something running. I think it was in was it seven days he wanted. Uh, you know, we was doing a lot of hours to to try and achieve that. You know, I don't think uh, I don't think I saw any daylight uh, other than through my window. Um, but yeah, it, for my part, it was tough at the beginning for sure. Yeah. And I, uh, from a personal standpoint, when it all kind of kicked off, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm personally uh, quite high risk because I'm very asthmatic um, and I was torn. Uh, I was torn between uh, self-preservation, um, frankly, uh, and an absolute desire to get in uh, and help out and, you know, get, get on the ground and start to make a difference. Um, and in a different capacity, I was talking with Randall about that yesterday. Um, so I'm, you know, from a personal standpoint, absolutely delighted that we were able to, as a company, get in and uh, and help out. Uh, Rand or Andrew, do you guys want to share a bit about kind of personal impact? Yeah, I mean, so my wife um, works in a healthcare setting um, and she works in a, uh, a clinic that was designated a COVID hotspot um, during the pandemic. And, um, but, you know, I think even if you don't have that kind of direct personal connection, it's hard not to be motivated to, to sort of, you know, help try and solve this in, in whatever way you can. Um, yeah, so it'd be hard, you know, I think everyone in the team was sort of highly motivated and highly focused um, on this, whether they had sort of personal connections or not. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely understand that. And, and so um, as we've kind of moved through the journey, so the service was built, Jay, as you said, in kind of seven or eight days. And at that point, it was turned on and key workers were consuming and you continued to iterate off the back of that. Yeah, I think we, um, I think if memory serves me correctly, we were taking orders, for want of a better term, within eight days. And I think the the first round that we did was London Ambulance Service, off the top of my head. Um, yeah. And yeah, we got that going. Uh, we also managed to set up some diary studies to sort of understand. I mean, you know, as you said, Rachel, quite rightly, you know, this is all new territory for us. You know, remote testing is nothing new, but I suppose remote testing in this, this setting is new. Yeah. Uh, but we saw the opportunity to do some diary studies so we could follow <clears throat> participants through the actual journey because you know the ordering service or, or the ordering process takes you know um anywhere between five and six days and rather than ask people questions at the end of the process you know what was your retrospective feelings of what you went through uh, we saw the opportunity to do some diary studies with uh, it was meant to be five members of the london ambulance service but we only managed to get four and we followed them through so you know for my part it was really sort of eye-opening that we could see it being used live and sort of um, spot issues that people were getting and, and, and fix them there and then and, and iterate where we needed to. So that was incredibly useful and I think we were incredibly lucky that we got that opportunity so early on. I think um, they were incredibly lucky to be consuming the service so early on as well. And so kind of fast forward on, so we're a number of days now past day seven or eight when the service first went live. Um, how has it kind of changed? Um, has the service become more industrialized during that period? Are there more partners involved? Are there more parts of the NHS involved? I can see some smiles, so I'm assuming some of that resonates. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there is certainly a lot more governance around um, the service now, and I think in that, that initial 
point where we started, everything was so new. Uh, so everyone was kind of grabbing on something and trying to do their, their bit that they could in order to achieve something positive for whoever it was that was being impacted on the other side of it. And as our service started to evolve and to mature a bit as we had more users going through it and we were iterating it, so too were other services and other components we've been testing as well. Uh, and then it was inevitable that at some point there was going to be a, a more structured wrapper around the whole thing to, to bring some, some governance around it. And I'd say that we were certainly, in my opinion, I think we were a lot more agile when we started this process, when we started to build out the service compared to where we are now, when you've got certain procedures and processes that you'd have to adhere to and, and all sorts of assurance things. But the, the thing, I mean, in terms of the, the actual service impact, so we've done, if we look at the results on how many people this has affected now, so we've had looking at the analytics just yesterday, we had over a million visitors to the service in general. Wow. Um, and we've placed over 400,000 orders, which equates to something like 740,000 plus kits. And that's, that's huge. Um, and, you know, that's as, as, uh, as a, a member of our team said the other day, you guys have probably certainly saved a few lives in this somewhere along the line. And it's certainly probably made a positive impact on, on many people's lives. And uh, I think at the time when you're getting on, the, on with it, you don't really focus on that so much. You just want to achieve that outcome, but you don't understand what the personal effect is on the other side until you, you start to kind of sit back after you've done it all. And I guess that's also where, <clears throat> where that kind of need to industrialise and the need for some of that governance comes in. Um, the reality is, you know, it's unlikely this will be the only wave that we experience as a country. So uh, the chances are this, this service is going to need to be expanded uh, and, and will need to be consumed more. That's the sad reality, I think, of the situation we're in at the minute. Um, could you share with us um, a little bit what kind of went really well um, during this process and what could have been improved? I think what went really well was um, the fact that we were able to get into a sort of private beta state within eight days and actually start iterating and testing with real users because that was the real critical um, path here because it's one thing just sending kits out to people and you think well that's the end of the journey but actually it's not you know you've got to then the people have got to get then take the tests return the kits get their results etc so that the the diary studies that Jay was talking about and the kind of the after, after we ran this initial test with uh, a few members of London staff we you know had had larger and larger pilots that we ran and that kind of whole iterative iterative build and that kind of fast feedback loop was 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 um, was was one of the best things I think about this the fact that we were able to iterate very quickly not just launch within eight days but also iterate quickly so that within five weeks we had you know, a service that was um, being publicised on the front page of BBC News and, you know, issuing tens of thousands of kits a day. And uh, uh, there's one thing... Sorry, oh, sorry Rich. No, go ahead. There's one thing I always forget in this process, and it's the fact that we stood up a call centre as well really quickly within that first couple of weeks. And I always forget that because you tend to focus on the digital side of things. And, and since as the programs evolved, that course has been taken on to do wider COVID activity. So it's no longer working as closely with us as it once was. 
but I think when we sat close to the call center and got again as part of our feedback loop that feedback from users who were using the service in anger calling the call center of whatever the issue was and then feeding that back into our team and having those real time and uh, and daily catch up to them as well around what are the current themes that you're seeing i don't know about you jay but i think from a qualitative research perspective it was really helpful in that early stage in understanding you know what's going on with the service that we can't see that it that users might be having a problem with and we can get more honest feedback from that yeah um, I, that process. I totally agree randall i think it was i, I think we maybe underplay it a little bit the, the call center element to this was was key really and as you say we was able to get feedback almost instantaneously you know what if there's anything broken we would almost find about out about it instantly i suppose um you know, one thing as well, uh, which I found quite surprising, you know, in the five years I've been working government services, I've never worked on a service where it was baked in early that an assistive digital channel would be set up. It's usually, unfortunately, it's one of the last things that I thought about when the digital services is stood up. And even when I've spoken to colleagues uh, um, at GDS and even at NHS, you know, they were really quite proud that we were able to stand up a assistive digital channel so early in the process. Yeah, incredibly proud that we were able to do that. The other bit that I wanted to ask about, <clears throat> and I wasn't sure whether it was folklore coming out from, from this service build, but I'd heard a rumour about a 15-minute GDS assessment, and uh, I, I wondered if there, was, uh, if there was any legitimacy in that. I think before we went live on gov.uk, on, on day six, we had uh, what we would probably describe as a drive-by GDS assessment where... Um, drive-by. I'm going to be looking yeah. for a drive-by GDS assessment for every <laughs> service in the future, Andrew. Where, where, where we got the kind of uh, the agreement that it, it could go live on the proviso that we did some other things in the future, um, given, given, given where we were in terms of like the, the current crisis. We have subsequently had longer um, engagements with um, the GDS assessment process. And they've certainly reduced the, 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 the day's worth of uh, assessment work that normally happens and, and condensed it into a two-hour session now, I think, is what they've publicised for COVID-related services. So I think even from, from their standpoint, they see a need to have something more lightweight uh, and uh, that, that allows these services to, to make an impact at least. And, and, and I guess... Um maybe in in way of closing uh, a, a good discussion and a question that that we had yesterday in a different capacity um you know could we have stood this up even in two three four years ago could we have built something this fast to respond in this way for the nhs from a technology perspective it might have been harder because we we built everything in the cloud using serverless technologies um in sort of kind of battle tested configuration so it's kind of taking existing off-the-shelf patterns and reusing them and I don't think necessarily that would have existed four years ago um, and certainly there might not have been as much confidence that it was the right thing to do four years ago. Yeah that's a good point because the whole infrastructure the thing I mean we were able to stand up an environment incredibly quickly and to have you know the level of <clears throat> the, the level of complexity that we built in within three days with the actual build team was uh, was incredible. But, I mean, probably take that that long ago. Probably take people that long to stand up an environment in the in the first place from scratch um, in the time that we actually built the application. So it was, you know, I think 
certainly the, the technology side of things definitely helps. Um, from a from a delivery perspective, I think that yeah, the, this kind of practice was around probably back then as well, but maybe just not. And even now, that there's a lot more prominence around trying to do things in in this phase discovery alpha beta live approach with the these kind of phases that last four to six weeks or a few months or whatever. And I, I think it's uh, important that people understand that you know in these different situations, depending on how critical or time sensitive these things are, you've got to use a, a slightly different approach. And this type of lean delivery approach was certainly around that long. Long ago, long ago, but it's probably more used by private sector rather than public sector. But also, it might have been more difficult to do it sort of four or five years ago because of the fact that people may be less used to remote working and and maybe using some of the remote tooling that we use. So we used, yeah, I know I appreciate Slack and Hangouts and Miro were probably all around sort of five years ago, but I think there was less um, widespread use of them. But people are a lot more used to using those and working in that way, even if it's just for you know maybe in their normal sort of daily routine, it's maybe just maybe once once or twice a week, for instance, but people are more used to w working that way now. And a, a reflection from, from me is that probably four or five years ago, we wouldn't have had the government digital services journey. So we wouldn't have had the kind of business change in how government works. Um, and we wouldn't have had, um, you know the, the the similar approach in in the NHS with without the kind of GDS um, driver going back longer than four or five years now. But you know, from a Liam and Mike perspective, sort of driving that fundamental change that's now flowed into the NHS, um, I, I can't imagine those organisations being able to have something drop in at that time uh, and and work with partners. Um, almost forget the technology side, um, but, but the speed at which they could consume, uh, in my opinion, would probably have been a, uh, been a struggle. So in way of kind of rounding up then, chaps, um, uh, maybe a closing statement from each of you about your contribution to this. Forget the statement, we'll have one word. How do you feel having contributed? Does that have to be a word? Could be a sentence. It can be a statement. It can be a statement. I think you, you boys are struggling with the word. Tired but extremely happy. Perfect. Thank you yeah. very much, Andrew. Jay, Rand, do you want to come in? Uh, so similar to Andrew, I feel proud, I feel tired, and I need a holiday. Um, <laughs> and how I'm feeling. Yeah, I think that, that resonates with me. Certainly uh, exhausted um, and incredibly proud of what we've achieved in the time frame that we've achieved it in. So, yeah, like, it's, it's an immense, immense project. Yeah, likewise, from a personal standpoint, guys, you know, really proud. Uh, really proud that we, uh, we as a company could, uh, could contribute and, and really proud of the work that you guys have done. Uh, it was, uh, you know, no mammoth. Uh, it was a mammoth task and continues to be um, so it's uh, yeah it's a huge achievement uh, and thanks very much for taking the time to come and chat about it oh thank you it's been a pleasure thank you cheers mate